Hey, lovely freaks, and welcome back to your podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. Also, head down to the description box, and you'll see a link that will take you to all of our social media, like Twitter and Instagram and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. All right, so we are back. Um, last week, we were going to actually do this episode last week, but Hannah had um, a retreat thing yes. for college, so... We decided to wait, and it's kind of a good thing that we did because this is a serial killer episode. Also, we're going to go ahead and start our spooky month because it's October. Yay! Today's October the 1st. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. Yeah, and I have a Goosebumps shirt on, but you can't see the Goosebumps because it's green. But whatever. Um, So, anywho, we are starting October spooky month, and normally we do, like, um, ghouls. Ghouls. Like, ghosts and, and like... uh, Aliens. Folklore um, and stuff like that. Yeah. But this month, we decided that we're going to do a full month of serial killers. So, all month long, we're going to be bringing you different serial, kill- serial killers. I said it like serial, like... Serial. Serial. Serial killers. Um, we're going to be doing different serial killers. And, yeah, yeah it'll be pretty interesting. Um, won't be fun, because it's never fun to talk about that. No. But um, it'll be interesting. Also, I wanted to say I finished the Jeffrey Dahmer series Did on you? Netflix. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Also, I just like feel so sorry for the um victims. Victims and they like talked more about the victims, which yeah. I liked that. Um, you know, the, I never really am interested in the serial killer. I really don't care. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm more uh interested in the victims like their stories and their stories and everything. Yeah. So, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, and I I watched it, but I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm, like, two episodes out from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, Evan Peters does a fantastic job, Mm -hmm. as always. And, yeah, I just, I really liked it. And I liked the fact that it was way more dark than most of the Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries and stuff like that. Like, sometimes they try to kind of make it seem like, oh, poor Jeffrey. Yeah, Which, I mean, he did have a, a shitty upbringing, but... It wasn't like some people that we've seen. And also, just because your parents fight all the time does not mean that you're going to turn into a serial killer. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I don't think, like, the way his dad kind of um, showed him roadkill and showed him, like, how to yeah. dissect roadkill and everything. At I such think a that young was, age. Yeah. yeah, that was really uncalled for. Especially, yeah. like, I think he was, like, seven or eight. Like, dude, you, you don't need to be doing that with kids. Yeah, he he definitely opened his mind up a little too much at a young age like I can see if you're like a teenager or you know something like that or if you're interested in anatomy and physiology or something like that and I think that's what like his dad was in the medical field so he kind of I think he just was like excited that his son was into like science and stuff like that so but anyways the yes the series is good um and it also highlighted of course the travesty of the police department at that time that did not do their job and um you know just how much they hated the gay community and it was just it was it really did a good job at honing in on that i felt so sorry for tony um and you know there are some things in it that's not quite accurate or some things that were kind of like hollywood yeah put in there yeah which um they're gonna it's do not that. that big of a deal. I mean, they're yeah. gonna do that with anything. But, anyways, so yeah, I, I I think it's a pretty good one. Um, 
I will say one thing about the Jeffrey Dahmer series, though, is that it kind of highlights the fact that if you're in a relationship with somebody that you absolutely can't stand and you're arguing all the time, like his parents, yeah. uh, maybe leave. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I never understood why they didn't divorce sooner. I guess because it was back in the 70s or whatever, and so they wanted to stay together for the kids. But, um, yeah, it's never a good idea. If you absolutely hate somebody, don't stay just because you have children with them, that's for sure. Um, so, anywho, we're going to get into today's case. So, today we're going to be talking about Ed Kemper, a.k.a. the co-ed killer. We're not really going to talk about a lot of his murders today, except for one or two actually but we're gonna just kind of talk about his upbringing and then um you know his family oh, my nose is itching on the very tip um and then some other things but we're not going to get into the the murders we're going to do that in part two so this is part one we will have a part two this will this might be the only serial killer that we do that with because we're not just going to do serial killers from the u.s this month we're going to do them from all over so there's not a lot of like two parts to some some of these so anyways so let's get started ed kemper was born in burbank california on december 18th 1948 he was the only son and a middle child of it, his name was ed as well but they call him ee e. jr and carnell kemper such a strange name every time i see it i want to say claire or something like that but it's carnell it's a, it's a pretty name. I mean, it's different. His father was a World War II veteran, and he um, had some PTSD and stuff like that that I don't think was obviously not diagnosed back then that, that far back. But um, his dad also can be quoted as saying that basically the war was nothing compared to living with Cornell. So his mom was... She was a bit of a bitch, not gonna lie. She was, she was, uh, yeah, she was, she was, and she was also an alcoholic. Um, when Ed was born, though, he was, he weighed 13 pounds. Like, what the fuck? That's, that's yeah. a big baby. A big baby <laughs> like, I thought my eight pounder was big, but 13, that's a lot. Um, he also, like, at the time that he committed the murders, he was 6'9 and almost 300 pounds. I think he was, like, 270 or something like that. Yeah. He wasn't, a like, a, you know, uh, um, this is Ed. So, he wasn't, like, a big, like, hefty, chunky guy. I mean, he was just tall, really, really tall. Very tall, um, right? Yeah. Like, these officers are probably, like, 6 foot. But he's 6'9, so almost 7 foot tall. Mm-hmm. You like our little background? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, a big guy. His parents separated when and divorced when Ed was 13. His mother, like I said, was a severe alcoholic. She also pretty much belittled him his whole entire life. Um, let me see. Hold on. There she is. Mm. That's his mom. Um, so, yeah. She she belittled him like pretty much his whole entire life she would call him names and just just be really really mean to him she looked really mean honestly yeah kind of like yeah. a witch she does look like a the witch. wicked witch of the west like straight up yeah um so yeah she would just call him names belittle him things like that and uh his, his early childhood he became like very antisocial. 
He started torturing insects. Sorry. I just hit that. He started twerking. He started to torture insects and small animals, which is really odd, the insect part. Like, you don't really... What I don't that hear that like, often, yeah. I, I guess, I like, um, you know, in the cartoons when they would do a magnifying glass and the... Um, the ants? The ants and stuff, yeah. He could do that. Or maybe he would, like, clip their wings, like the mm, butterflies and stuff like probably. that. I have no idea. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about was actually taken straight from Ed Kemper because he has done so many interviews. He loves to hear himself talk, so, yeah. Well... Loved to hear himself. I think he's dead. Pretty sure. Let me Google that. While you talk. I, yeah. Um, so when he was, I haven't gotten that far in my research. I just did this bit and then I'm going to finish. And I've, anyways, whatever. Um, so <laughs> when he was 10, he buried a cat alive and he dug it up, cut its head off, and then mounted it on a spike. During this time was when Ed's mom started making him sleep in the basement and would actually lock him down there because she thought that he was going to hurt his sisters because he had um, two sisters. Mm-hmm. She would find dead cats in his closet. Oh. So I believe she knew like something was going on, you know, obviously, and she knew he was a little strange. He hated his mother and states later on that he wanted her to die. He believed it... I'm sorry, I keep smacking my gum. Let me get rid of that, guys. <laughs> um, I think he's still alive. I don't see any death dates anywhere. Oh, maybe I'm not. guessing he's still alive? I guess so. I, I Like I said, I hadn't gotten that far. Yeah, yeah, I guess he is. 73 right now. Um. So, what was I talking about? Oh, so yeah, she obviously knew something was wrong with him, and, and he hated his mom. Um... So, another reason she locked him in the basement was because the girls' dolls, he would cut his sister's doll's hands and head off Mm -hmm. and, like, give them back to him just to be, you know, a brother. But, and they would also play something called gas chamber and electric chair. This is where he would get his little sisters to tie him up and he would pretend that, like, if they would, he would sit in the chair, like if it was the electric chair game they were playing, Mm -hmm. he would sit in the chair and they would, he would be tied up and he'd be like okay you know they'd be like we're gonna flip the switch and they would flip the switch and he would pretend like he was getting electrocuted mm-hmm. which i mean i don't know um that's, that's a weird really game too weird yeah but i mean i guess he wanted to really wanted to die i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so. a lot of kids would play weird games back then oh yeah so his mom never gets him help though even though she knows all this stuff and she knows that her son's like a little out there she never gets him help now of course she is a severe alcoholic like i said so maybe she didn't like have the capacity to really think about getting him help maybe it was just never something that she decided to maybe she was just i was gonna say hi maybe she was just drunk all the time um i don't really know so anywho but he also had a near-death experience when he was a child. His older sister, it was, I'm sorry, he was the middle child. So he had an older sister and a younger sister. Um, but his older sister pushed him in front of a train, and he obviously got out of the way. Yeah. Another time, she successfully pushed him in the deep end of a pool, and he almost drowned. Ed would say since he was eight, he always wanted to kill his mother. And a lot, um, like... 
he just said that he would also have like fantasies of her dying and he would have like uh, dreams and stuff of him like you know killing her stabbing her or whatever he loved to hear himself talk like i said and his iq was around 150 which is pretty intelligent it's not genius level but it is pretty intelligent so he's he's very intelligent and i mean we've talked about this before there's a lot of serial it's kind of 50 50 like some are some are not like jeffrey dahmer wasn't intelligent Mm -mm. no i think he was Maybe a he had little a very low IQ. Yeah, he and but he he he. I think the only reason he knew so much about anatomy was because he did interested it since he was little. Yeah, and he was interested in in bodies and stuff like that. So um, he also said that when he was younger, he had dark fantasies. One time, his sister found out that he had a crush on his teacher, and I think he was around like ten. He was in in grade school. And she said, why don't you just go up and kiss her then? You know, just being a bratty little sister. And he said, and I quote, if I kiss her, I'd have to kill her first. First. Like grade school. So probably eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. Not that I'd have to kiss her and then kill her. If I kissed her, I'd have to kill kill her. her But I'd have to kill her first and then kiss her. So, uh, we've got some, we've got some necrophilia in there starting off already so basically um ed continued to have close a close relationship with his father and when he was 14 he tried well he did run away and go stay with his dad for a little bit his father however had already been remarried and had a stepson when ed showed up everything was fine for a while and then things started declining he hated his stepmom and his stepbrother and he would fight with them all the time eventually his dad said fuck this you're gone. So he kicked him out and he sent him to his grandparents on a ranch in North Fork, which is still in California. Um, his grandmother was an author who wrote children's books and his grand granddad was a, a veteran. And I think he worked on a farm, worked on the farm and, and did stuff like that. So he didn't do great in school, even though he was very smart, he just didn't care. He, he it was always like a, I don't really want to be here type thing. Like, I don't really care about school. Yeah. Um, so Ed eventually quit school and because he actually also had a fear of the, the kids in school. So even though he was big, he had a fear of being bullied by the younger kids, which I mean, obviously he could have just been like, fuck off yeah and then you know he literally could have just picked him up and put him back down and they'd been like oh. yeah i mean yeah he could have just just done that but whatever the case is and when he was 15 he was 6 4 if that wow. tells you anything so I, like my son I, isaac he is six? he's 14 and he's 6 1 so um yeah and of course 200 and something plus pounds i don't i don't know how much he was i don't know how Biggie was. <laughs> um, so anyways, but maybe it all stems from, like, the verbal abuse of his mother. Because if he was verbally abused by his mother, he just kind of always was, like, this uh, timid. That's what I was looking for. Timid, like, shy kid, yeah. you know? So maybe that's why he did that. Even though, I mean, he did, like I said, mutilate animals and stuff. But so... Ed said his grandmother always used to nag on him, and it eventually made him have hatred for her, just like his mother. 
but I don't think his I don't think his grandmother nagged on him like that. I think it was just simple things like um, they didn't want he he got a gun and he was like hunting and he would shoot the birds in the yard and she was like don't do that anymore like she didn't want her birds dying she liked yeah, to feed them and stuff like that she just was like only shoot you know big game and and squirrels and things that we can yeah. eat to feed the family don't go just randomly shooting stuff so she would nag on him about stuff like that and it just made him mad um he said he started to think about killing his mother i mean grandmother and hoping that she would die just like he did with his mom he went uh he he went when he was like 15 i think back to his mom's house to visit for a little bit and after that things just kind of went downhill when he got back home like he visited their house for christmas i believe it was and he only visited for a little bit but then when he got back to his grandparents house i call that home because that's where he lived when he got back to his grandparents house things just got they just got really bad they started arguing more and then on august 27th 1964 at 15 ed is arguing with his grandmother in the kitchen they were arguing about the birds again. He got up. He was, like, enraged. He stormed off, and he went to retrieve his gun. He came back, and he was like, I'm going to go hunting. And all his grandmother said was, oh, you better not shoot those birds again. That sent him over the edge. While she was sitting at the table, he was, like, by the door. She was sitting at the table. He shot her in the back of the head twice, and then he shot her in the back like the back of the head and then back. back. He dragged her body into her room and laid her on her bed. He then realized that his grandfather was home getting from getting groceries and he was out by his, outside by his car. So Ed went outside, came up behind him, shot him in the head, and then pulled his body into the garage. Ed said essentially that it was a good thing he was not in the mountains. Like, he was kind of in seclusion in this farm town, and he wasn't in, like, a big city. Because he said if he was in a big city, he would have went on a killing spree. This mm -hmm. is him when he got arrested when he was a kid. Because he said he would have went on a killing spree because he said that it was in that moment he was just so enraged that if anybody would have walked up to him, he would have shot anyone. So, yeah, which is really crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, he also said that he felt like he was backed into a corner, like he was like up against a wall and he was just, like I said, ready to kill. So he didn't really know what to do after this. Like after this, he was like, you know, I don't really, I don't really know what to do. He said, I just sat there. And then he said, he said he called his mom. Well, his mom was like, call the police, um, which he did. And he just sat there. He called the police, and then he sat there and waited for wow. them to come. And, uh, so, yeah, they, they did. They came and got him. Um, after this, Ed said he wasn't sure, um, you know, he wasn't sure if, if it, like, what's the word I'm looking for? If. Curbed his, his fantasies or whatever, yeah. or if it was, like, something he you know, would, would do again. Um, but after he was arrested, he said, quote, they asked him, hold on, they asked him, like, what did you uh, do this for? You know, the police were like, why did you do this? This is your grandparents, blah, blah, blah. He said, quote, I just wanted to see what it felt like to kill my grandma. 
Wow. Yeah, and that's one of the famous quotes from him um, saying that. Like, he just wanted to see what it felt like to kill his grandma. Mm -hmm. He testified that he killed his grandfather only because he didn't want his grandfather to find out that his wife was dead. So that's why he killed his grandfather. He didn't want him to have to live with that. So he was diagnosed by a court psychiatrist with paranoid schizophrenia. He was sent to Atascadero, Atascadero, Atascadero. I suck at saying that. Um, Don't look at me. I have dyslexia. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, State hospital. So anyways, basically he went to a mental institution. It was a maximum security facility and mental institution. And he was supposed to be there for however long the doctors deemed it necessary. Like he was just going to stay there indefinitely until the doctors like, okay, he's fine. He's better. He's cleared to leave. You know, Um, he was 15 and 16 at the time. And he was surrounded by in this mental institution, rapists and pedophiles and sex offenders and all this stuff. And so Ed said that he would listen to their stories. Not only would he get aroused, but he said he would also learn their methods and he would get, um, like he would take notes basically. And he would get, get good, I guess you could say at figuring out ways to, um, Like, hide the bodies and trick the police and stuff like that. He also was very good at tricking his psychiatrist. So, he would go into his therapy sessions and he would tell them, like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm doing Mm -hmm. a lot better. You know, most serial killers or most people that are insane can't, like, don't have the capacity to, like, lie that in that kind of way. Like, if somebody says something, it triggers them. Very manipulative. Yeah, so he's very manipulative in that sense, and um, it worked because he only stayed in the mental institution for killing his grandparents for five years. Yeah, that's hilarious. Only five years. That's about right. That's what they do all the time. I swear. So he was released on his 21st birthday, actually, in 1969. They believed he was fixed. 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 They believed he was fixed, and he was on the right path. Ed said, though, his fantasies only got worse while he was in the hospital because, like I said, he was surrounded by all these people. He actually said that his fantasies got so bad that he started having fantasies of cannibalism, decapitation, rape, etc. But he said, obviously, I didn't tell the doctors that because if I would have, I would have never been able to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors did say that when he was released, he should not be released back to his mother and he should be released into like this, like a halfway house type situation. And then he could go back to living on his own when he was 18, which wouldn't have been, uh, I mean, not 18. I don't know why I said that. He could go back to living on his own after a couple of years. Yeah. I was going to say probably Yeah, because he was 21. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but however, only four months after this, they released him back to his mother. Wow. Yep. Now, after being back, he did go on, like, his first date with a girl um, when he got out of the mental institution. Ed wanted, like, told her that, um, he said, I didn't want to tell her that I was in a mental institution, but when we went on the date, he said it was super awkward. He said, what do you tell somebody, like, you've been in a mental institution for years. Like, you know, you can't just tell them that. So it didn't work out. Ed wanted to be a police officer. How police officer, I cannot talk today. However, 
Um, in the state of California, actually, I looked this up. Apparently, this is like a whole rule everywhere. There's a m maximum height requirement. Really? Yeah, for a police officer. For a police officer? Mm -hmm. You can't be over 6'5". Wow. And he's 6'9", like I said. So. I guess because it would scare people. I don't have a clue. I thought it was like, really weird. I was like, why Wouldn't they want really tall Really people? tall, big I mean, yeah, this is... To like, on. take down people? Yeah, I mean, that's him. I'm sorry, I'm going to move that over. <laughs> Whatever. But that's him. So, next to the police officers and stuff. And, and I think these are some detectives or something. So, yeah. I don't know. It was really weird. I was like, okay. <laughs> In 1970, he started working on getting his um, juvie record sealed, expunged, basically non-existent because mm -hmm. he was 15 when this happened. All he had to do was go to multiple psychiatrists and therapists to make sure that he no longer was a danger to society. He had to keep up his therapy and go to psychiatrists and they had to make sure that even though he's in the world, he's still good and blah, blah, blah. Which obviously it worked because in 1972, he had his record permanently sealed expunged whatever so no one could ever see that he killed his grandparents mm -hmm. when he was 15 um i can't yeah in may of 19 so get this in may of 1972 he saw his psychiatrist until his record was sealed in november of 1972 the crazy part is that during this time he actually committed his first murder in May. Wow. Yeah. So it did not take long. No. So May of two, of did I say two thousand? Anyways, May of nineteen seventy two, mm. he committed his first murder, and then in uh, November was when his record was sealed. So between that time, he was going to psychiatrist, but he was also murdering. Wow. Yeah. Or he murdered someone. Now, before we start, um, before he started killing, while he was, you know, hanging around cops and all this, there was a place called the jury room, is where they used to hang out, and so he would hang around with the police officers, and during this time, he became, like, best friends with cops, and that's one of the pictures that I showed you, this picture, that's one of the pictures that I showed you, um, you know, he's, like, hanging around with the police officers. And there's tons of other pictures of the police officers where they're, like, friends and they're hanging out. And people are, like, doing this, like, high, like, like mm. oh, look at how tall he is, you know. And um, so, anyways, he went on for, I think, gosh, what was it? Was it, like, it was so, it was so many months. He basically rode around and no 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 he rode around and would pick up hitchhikers oh. and he would observe how they acted around him it was always women and he he did this in college towns so that's why they call him the co-ed killer because he did go on 11 month killing spree and he killed five college students a high schooler and some other people we'll talk about that so and we'll talk about that in part two but so most of his victims were college students and he um would pick them up 
And for months, he would just ride around with them. And he said what he was doing was essentially he would write down everything and he would make notes of, like, things that he needed to change or things that he needed to do. So that way when he did start picking up these women to kill, that they would be more relaxed with him and then, you know, so on and so forth. Um, He also got a Ford Galaxy car which sounds really cool i want to see what they look like but anyways he got a ford galaxy and he that was basically his killing machine he fashioned the trunk with essential kill kit blankets gloves tools etc and so you know he had all this stuff ready for whenever he started to kill so this is where we're gonna leave um part one (laughs) It's kind of short, but I didn't yes. want to get into the whole, um, the, the killing sprees mm-hmm. and the murders because that would have been a lot longer. Um, but yeah, we just, we wanted to touch on, you know, his life and um, kind of set you guys up for maybe why he turned out the way he did as far as like his mother and things like that. But honestly, I'm one of those people that kind of believes also, I do believe nurture over, I mean, uh, nurture over nature, nature yeah. but I still think that some people are born just a little off. <laughs> um, I really do. I think some people are just are just born that way. But it doesn't help when your mother's an alcoholic and she constantly belittles you and stuff like that. But that's not to say that. We always say that. I always say, even though you had a bad situation as a childhood, nobody's saying you're going to grow up to be a serial killer or a murderer. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're going to leave part one. Hopefully you guys got some information that you didn't know about him in this episode. And also, have you heard about him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've heard about it. I've heard about him. It's just been a hot minute. Yeah. Also, I'm going to give a shout-out to some new followers. We have some new followers. Um, We have one new follower from Germany, and I know who she is because she watches my husband on Twitch. And we were talking one time. That's Um, cool. Yeah, and a shout-out also to my husband for doing all this for us. And if you guys like gaming, you can go check out his Twitch account. Um, I will have it. I'll link it down below. And I also have it on our Twitter, I believe. Um, He's a Twitch affiliate now, so... He streams a lot more, (laughs) um, and he does a lot more video content than we do. So anyways, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, and go ahead and like, follow, all that good stuff, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye!